This will be a good segue for me. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to segue uh, in, into the message this morning because uh, and I, I want I wanted to to say uh, I I'm not a prophet, but I I can read the prophecies uh, of the Bible uh, and you know especially the apocalyptic literature. I'm not going to give you you're like oh no what what is apocalyptic literature? Well, you, everybody's heard of the Book of uh, Revelation. Everybody heard of that? I'm not going to talk about it today. Okay, uh, but that you know, there's glimpses into the future, and the 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 plan of God isn't that everything is going to be get rosier. You know, that's you know, uh, climate change is going to happen one direction or another. But at the end of the day, uh, this earth is not is not going to last because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that's, that's created for us. And so while we can expend a lot of energy trying to save everything, which we do, uh, and I'm not against that, uh, ultimately the, the, the future has already been foretold. Read the end of the book. Has anybody read it lately? Uh, yes, God wraps it up, and, uh, and it's for real. Um, so, uh, so today I didn't want to talk about what I'm going to talk about. I tried to skip it. I wanted to skip it desperately. But unfortunately, uh, as I said earlier, I can't cut out the scriptures. I've got to just keep reading. And so I, I normally like to teach in a, a, through a passage. And then right when I get to the passages I don't want to preach, then I go to a next thing. I, I'm like, hey, it's time for a new series. Um, but uh, we've been talking for the last few weeks about uh, the final lessons that Jesus gave the disciples on the way to the cross. And one of the lessons comes today, and, and, I, and I don't like it, so I don't want it there. But, I'm gonna, but I decided that I have to do it. I mean, I really did. I, 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 believe it or not, I really struggle about what I'm going to talk about almost every week. You know, it's like, oh, Lord, am I hearing this right? Am I getting this right? Do I understand this? Um, but Jesus is telling his disciples this. Here we are in John 15, 17 to 21. And I included 17 because I have to give you this segue. He says, this is my command, love each other. And then he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world... It would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teachings, they would obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. I hate talking about stuff that's not just straight-on encouraging. But this is straight-on encouraging because Jesus was explaining to them, listen, things are going to happen in your future that you need to know about, but nothing can separate you from my love. That's why I wanted to go there first. Because... No matter what's going on in the world, we're not experiencing persecution right now, right? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you live in a place that's, you know, the only persecution we have is, is if we actually be, become unchameleon for a minute. 
I'm a Christian. Oh, hold on. Uh, right? If, if, you know, we don't want to say it out loud. We don't want to give an opinion. Oh, boy, if you give an opinion about anything. Now, I'm not political, but I am biblical. And the Bible has a lot to say about a lot of moral issues. And if you read them and you say, well, I don't think we should be doing that. You know, you, you look and you go, man, those politicians are doing this. Why, why, why would I be against that? Well, I'd be against it because it's not biblical. What's not biblical is something, I mean, I have to follow the scriptures. Why? Because I have to follow Jesus, and Jesus told me I've got to follow the scriptures. If you obey me, you will do what I command. Okay, so, but if we do that, we will suffer some sort of persecution. Do you know that? Now, in my early discipleship, um, I was taught to just go out and tell everybody about Jesus. That was crazy. It was a good time, but I, I remember being in San Francisco one day uh, with my guitar, and, and I was in front of this strip club that hadn't opened yet. There, there, <laughs> there was a big line. I don't know who was there, who was stripping, but uh, you know, I was, somebody said, go to the seedy side of town. We're going to go over here to the fresher side of town. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm just in front of there worshiping the Lord, and, and, and people are literally throwing stuff at me. I mean, literally. And I felt righteous for, for a minute. Uh, the good news is they opened the doors and everybody just, you know, they ignored me after they threw all their stuff, you know, and I had this little pile of trash around me. Um, and, you know, I was sorely persecuted that day. You can tell by my wounds. My wounds were not everybody was going to forsake their sin uh, and, and come to Jesus. But interesting, interesting part of that, about 10 minutes later, this, other, this guy walks up to me. And he had been hanging back, and he watched this whole thing go on. And he asked me about Jesus. And I, I, that, was worth I, it. I, it, that was worth it, right? Uh, another time, I, I saw a crowd. I was in Santa Cruz, and I saw a crowd outside a music shop. And uh, I didn't know what was happening, but what was happening, everybody was waiting in line. You know, remember the old days where you had to wait in line for concert tickets? You couldn't just, like, order them online like you do now. You had to wait in line, some people overnight and everything. And they were waiting for Bruce Springsteen uh, tickets. Now, some of you don't know who Bruce Springsteen was. He was actually uh, an important uh, rock icon. They called him the boss. And I'm walking by, and my friend said, man, you should just preach. And I'm like, okay, I will. So I stood up. There was this little thing, and there's, you know, people are out there, and they've been waiting all night. They were not a happy group. And I said, man, I want to tell you about the boss. And they're like, got everybody's attention. And I said, his name is Jesus. No, that, that was not what they were looking for. <laughs> These guys were angry. Uh, some of them even got out of line. They'd been there all night, and they're, they're, they got out of, uh, out of line just, just to start yelling back at me. And I felt sorely persecuted at that moment. I was like, I am totally being persecuted. Because the reality is, when you do... Announce Jesus is coming. Now, I don't recommend those, those kind of things. It does cause a reaction, one side or another. Sometimes, sometimes people are amenable to this, and sometimes people are not. Uh, people that are, God's been drawing close, uh, they're, they're more amenable. But I'll tell you, out of that one group, uh, the, the boss tickets, not one. Out of the strip club, got one. Not bad, you know. Now, I have my own thoughts about street preachers now. 
not effective. But if you want to get your heart rate up, it's a great idea. So feel free, anytime you see a crowd, just stand up and start telling them, you need Jesus, <laughs> you bunch of sinners. Okay, where was I? Now, the reason I said that is because I, I, I wanted to go, well, where have I been persecuted? You know, I mean, I did. I, I felt like they're against me because they're against God, but they're not. You know, I remember uh, visiting, uh, I went to India one time, and there was about 200 pastors that, that came to a meeting and uh, the friend who sponsored me to go over there, he said, every one of these people has been beaten for the gospel. Every one of them. He goes, because that's part of our discipleship in India, is that if you haven't been beaten for the gospel, then you haven't really shared it. And I was thinking, boy, I'm glad I live in America. <laughs> the United States is a great place because I really don't want to be beaten for the gospel. I was reading this book on China one time, and, and uh, the guy was explaining that when he first got saved, they would teach people how to get out of the second-story window of a house for when the police came. And he said, this was some of our early discipleship. Now, aren't you guys glad that our early discipleship doesn't you know, require evading police, being beaten, uh, all those kind of things? Having a truly, underground church. Having a truly yeah, having, you know, like being concerned if you're meeting. But I think on the other side of that is something that we don't get. Because guess what? After you've been beaten for Christ, um, you have a, it, it, you're pretty solidified in your relationship with him. Right? Because nobody's going to stand for that. Nobody, nobody's going to like, oh, you know, I just, I sort of believe Jesus. I'm sort of following him except I got beaten on Tuesday, <laughs> and I might get beaten again. But because, and I think that that actually works against us. Because we have kept persecution as far from us as possible, it's actually allowed our faith to be weak, maybe, and maybe uh, not as, as solidified. I, I like what Paul makes a statement. He says, I know in whom I have believed. There's something solidifying to experiences of persecution. You know, I can't, I've never, I've never given a talk on persecution. 30 years. And I'm like, why? Why haven't I? Because as I was studying, I'm like, are there, how many verses are there in the Bible about persecution? You know how many there are? Yeah, there's like a hundred at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, we haven't checked. And when we read through them, like we read this morning, it says in persecutions, we just read tribulations, persecutions. We just kind of like, yeah, we just kind of like, yeah, that, I'm glad that doesn't happen to me. But why are there so many verses towards it? Because it's possible that someday some of us may actually suffer for the gospel. And my job this morning is to encourage you to become a conqueror in all that. All right, quick check. Is the world getting better or getting worse? Anybody? How do you know? <laughs> because you can't say anything about anything that's moral. You can't talk about Christ and people's sin 
because there is no such thing as sin anymore because we, we just morphed it. We can only talk about the love of God. Now, that would have worked for Jesus. They would have never crucified him, right? Did they crucify Jesus? I had, to, I had to remember, why did they kill Jesus? Now, he laid down his life for us, but why did they kill him? Because he loved people too much? I love you so much. Come to me, Putin. Thank you. He told them the truth about what? About their separation from God? About their sinfulness? About the direction of eternity? Hold on a second here. That might actually cause us to be persecuted. That would stink. Right? So, the, my, my part of this is that I want us to walk away from here today. I don't have much time left to talk about this. But it's important for us to solidify our faith in Christ. I don't want anybody to walk away and just go, I want an easy Christianity. I do. But... I don't want when those times come, when that tribulation comes and when that challenge comes, for me to run or hide, which is what most Christians are still doing today. Even with, you know, the, the, I, I believe that, uh, you know, it, call me a conspiracy theory. Remember, this is my command, love each other. Now, the next thing I say, you still have to love me after I say it. Uh, I really believe that the last couple years have been a testing ground for Christians to understand discernment and understand the times. I'm not a prophet, but as I read the prophecy, I think that we're in the end times. It says we are. For 2,000 years we've been the end times, but I think we're in the end, more towards the end. You know, we're closer to the end than we were. And I really believe that part of what happened in the last couple of years has been an exercise by the enemy and by the hand of God to draw us closer to God. You know, there's a, you know, most of you have heard about Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. The Great Reset has always been about God waking people up in any generation. And the church and us, the spiritual community, need a great reset. Because I have a feeling that, like I said this morning, our lives have been more about individually ourselves than about the kingdom of God globally. Gosh, I hate this message. I was thinking about hero stories. Because the Bible's full of good persecution hero stories, you know that? Like Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. He was persecuted. He wanted to pray. They said, you can't pray. If you pray, I'll throw you in the lion's den. And we're like, yeah, I love that story. Tell the kids that story. If you're follow God. Now, how many of you? Ooh, want you uh, I, I'm, not praying. I'm not throwing my window open to pray five times a day when they tell me I can't pray. Did they tell us we couldn't meet? Do you remember that? Unless you went to a bar. 
or, or, or strip club, or the Home Depot. Jenny and I were constantly saying, we should just do church at the Home Depot. There's a lot of open space there. Uh, they said it was for our safety. And yet, to this day, not one person in our church got COVID. Now, if it was a real pandemic, all your neighbors would be dead. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't a real pandemic, because you're not allowed to say that, and this video will go right off of YouTube. But I'm just saying there was an exercise by God to see if we were going to give ourselves to fear or give ourselves to him. Now, I will tell you, uh, my my wife, she has to put up with me. I've been angry inside. I smile. But I really believe that part of Satan's strategy for us is to diminish Christianity in our day. And part of the exercise of the last two years has been to diminish our faith. The world leaders, and I mean all of them, they are not for God. They're, they're, they're not for God. They don't believe in God. They don't talk about God. They don't talk about faith. They actually think there is no God. And these are the people that are giving us directions as to how we shall live our lives. Did I say don't hate me? This isn't political. It's biblical. Because the principalities and the powers that are trying to direct our lives are trying to keep us in a state of fear, isolation, and division. Right? So if you ever find yourself divided in heart, that's on you, on me, right? And, I, and that, that was a big struggle for me. That's why I pray for my enemies, and I pray that the kingdom of God would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you guys okay? Sorry, I had to give you this message today. No, it's not even over yet. Hold on, I got 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I, but I don't want it. I, do, I don't want persecution, but I do want to be ready if it comes in my generation. But even worse, I do want it to, I want my children and my grandchildren to be ready. I don't want them to fall to the pressure of our governments, which are principalities and powers. They are not for us. I can guarantee you. I knew from the very beginning that our government wasn't telling the truth and wasn't for us. Why? It's because they have no heart attack chart. How, do I, how many people die of a heart attack every day? Two to 3,000. And they didn't close the McDonald's. They said, that's the only place you can go. If you want to be healthy, you can drive through. You can get a pizza delivered to your house. If they were towards our health, they would have closed all that. And they would have said, okay, you bunch of obese Americans, I'm going to put you on a diet so that you can be healthy, so that you can, your natural immunity can take in anything that gets thrown at you, except, of course, bioweapons. But anyway, uh, I don't want to digress. We have to be careful to stay 
biblical. Now, by me just saying that, some still love me. Um, every, 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 I know. I, I was on the other side of it because I've, I've followed health for a number of years. You know that. that I've, and so I, I, I actually read science. I actually read scientific papers. Jendi knows that a good portion of my time, if I'm not watching television with her, is spent reading things and wanting to discover stuff. And what I discovered, and I discovered it early on, and it just kept confirming, confirming, confirming that what is happening behind the scenes is to erase God from us. Okay? So anyway, we're, none of this was in my notes. I really, sh- I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to give you, not going to give you my notes actually at this point. Throughout our world, hundreds and thousands of Christians are being killed every day. I, I'm there's a website called persecution.org uh, that I get their email every day. Uh, right now in uh, Nigeria. Like every day, you know, 35 Christians will rush in. I have a friend in, in Cameroon. They over, uh, the, the Islamic people, uh, people who followed is, you know, radical Islam overran all their churches, burnt them all down, killed a lot of their, their people. This is really happening in some countries. And, and I pray it again. I pray it never happens to us, but there is a responsibility for us who are not being persecuted to participate with them in the persecution. <clears throat> okay. Well, actually, yeah, I, w- I want to talk about that for just a minute because uh, the Bible tells us that we should prepare for the fiery trials that are ahead. And, and I wonder, we're not physically persecuted this moment, but we are definitely being assaulted in our minds uh, towards immorality Right? If you want to get persecuted, just say, you know, j- just say it out loud. Men are men and women are women. Oh, there you go. You're dead. Um, say that life is life and life shouldn't be killed. Say um, God made you with a particular design and that design is, is in your DNA. Say it out loud and you'll, and, and they'll ask, why do you believe that? It says, because I follow the, the Bible, the scriptures, they, it's, and, it's, and it's real clear in here uh, because I've actually looked at it because I, I've met people from every type of challenge that is being uh, forwarded in, in the press. And those challenges are real, but they don't change the truth of God. Okay, but in, in, we're being assaulted verbally. We're also being assaulted internally. What does that mean? is that we have been challenged to not be able to share the love of God in his fullness. Jesus is just all right with me as long as he has no requirements. That's a Doobie Brothers thing, right? He's just, and I could tell you stories if I had another 10 minutes about a Doobie Brothers concert that I went to. Uh, uh, I went to them all. Uh, missed the boss. Uh, anyway, where was I? But internally, we're, we're, we're having to shrink back 
from the world that needs the truth. The love of God that doesn't include the salvation of Christ is not the love of God. The love of God that doesn't tell the truth isn't the love of God. Uh, and I think I don't want more persecution, but I do. I, I have been afraid. I'm, we're all afraid, right? And so part of this is someday we're either going to hide or we're going to sh- or we're going to stand up. If we stand up, we might be persecuted. All right. Last but not least, there's also a satanic trial that comes, uh, and it's not from, it's not from what we can see, but I, I do believe that Satan has used this this time to to infuse fear in us to be a permanent component of our lives. So that everything's fear. World War III is fear. Pandemics are fear. Bugs are fear. Everything's a fear. And so we can be sure that Satan's, his strategy for our life is to keep us from the peace of God. And I'm concerned that we will miss understanding where it's coming from and not pray for one another until the fear is gone. Because we read it, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing. So should we be afraid of anything? No, not death, not life, not persecution, family, none of that. All right, I'm ready to wrap. Um, I want to be bold. I want to be courageous. It's hard for pastors to not say they're Christians. It's, 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 it's easier for you guys. But every once in a while, I'll wiggle out. People ask me what I do for a living, and I'll say, oh, I'm a principal of a private school. Because I know what that saying pastor does. You know what saying pastor does when you tell people you're a pastor? They shut up. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they like, don't know what to do with that. So, um, but for the rest of us who have real jobs, um, we're still Christians first. Our vocation is children of God. I want to be as bold as Daniel. And I know that one small talk will not make us that. But I'm praying that God will show us opportunities in our life to be able to speak the word because this is what happens when the word of God goes forth. People get saved. (laughs) They find the truth. Their lives change. They become all that God wants them to be. And the only people that can do that are us. Right? Okay, I am not ashamed of the, as long as it's the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation for all who believe, for the Jew first, then to the Gentile, okay? And unless they hear it, it will cost us to say it. But unless they hear it, they'll not experience the power of God. So with that, I have now completed my first talk on persecution. May there be many. I wanted, I have 11 pages of of persecution scriptures, um, but I'm out of time. I wanted to read them to you a little as like a devotional. Um, but just know that Jesus, his last, <clears throat> in his last messages to his disciples said, hey, 
if I went, you're going too. Um, I also brought uh, the the Fox's Book of Martyrs. The you know how how the, all the apostles died. It's a great talk, but again, I ran out of time. <laughs> you know, do you know they all died, except for John, who was boiled and didn't die. He wished he died. No. Okay. Lord, make us bold. Lord, I, this, I, I know this has been a, a struggle in my mind to talk about this because I'm a wimp. I don't like pain. I don't like rejection. I don't like some parts of the Bible that I would like to change. And yet you call me, and I know you're calling us, to be the light of the world. We don't want to hide our light under a bushel basket because we're the ones that have the power of God in us and the power of gospel on, of the gospel on our tongues. And so, Lord, make us bold like Daniel. Uh, we know what you did because we're still telling the story that you're able to deliver us But more importantly, you're able to show us how we shall be in this world. So, Lord, watch over us uh, as we come to opportunities this week. May we speak boldly uh, of your great love, but also your great salvation and the work that you've done for them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you who are watching still, who haven't cut me off by now. Have a great day, and uh, hope to see you all soon. See you later. Bye.